Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. Do the show, bitch. Welcome to Ben and Woods. Try to say this nicely. When you look at Ben, Paul, and me, it doesn't scream athlete. I know you fat bastards want to eat some of this. With Ben Higgins. Go to hell, pro sports. Stephen Woods. That was incredible. And Paul Rindo. All right. Get ready, tier ones. Oh. It's Ben and Woods. Finally the chance for somebody to get on and do some good sports talk radio. On 97.3 The Fan. Do the show, bitch. We are halfway home on a Monday. Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Great to be here with you. Uh, I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindel, the executive producer. Benjamin Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor as well. And uh, we are your guys, man. And you are our guys and girls. So we really appreciate you. You're admiring my new trough that I brought in today. You are well hydrated this morning. I always am. You're going to have to go to the bathroom even more than you already yeah. do, which is quite... <laughs> It's a lot. A considerable amount that you pop in there. About every the 15 show. minutes. Yeah. You think I'd be skinnier with as much water uh, as I drink, but my in all of the hubbub on Saturday night of meeting Brett Michaels and getting a record signed and getting, you know, a picture with him and all that, I misplaced my big green water bottle. If you watch us on YouTube and you can, you'll always see me pulling from the big green water bottle and it's gone. And I think I left it at Pachanga. I may find it again, but it was beat. It was beat. I dropped it a hundred times. It was dented. There were leaks in it. It just didn't work anymore. So I'm, I made them. I told my wife, I go, you're going to kill me, but she hates when you lose stuff, you know, like most moms do. I said, I, I think I lost my water bottle. She goes, I got you one for Christmas. And I go, you, you did. She goes, yeah, I'll get it for you now. Oh, I love that. And I said, oh, my God, that's amazing. She could have held out and, you know, Maybe waited wait. for the surprise and made you go the next two weeks without a water bottle. Yeah. But instead, she just jumped right to your rescue. And she got me this big one. Now she has to go get you something else, though. Yeah, yeah. For sure. She better replace yeah. this. And she <laughs> made it personalized. Like that handle? It says stove on it because that is what she calls me, stove. And it's got a big, it's a big Yeti, and it's got a handle on it. It looks like a big trough. It's a giant, it's very heavy. I can do kettlebell squats with it. I can do kettlebell swings with it. Looks like what Ma carried out to the well. To the well. Except it's not made out of wood. It's made out of metal. And here it is, my new bad boy. I like it very much. It's difficult to lean over at night when you're laying in bed, and you have to unscrew it. It's a two-hander. It's magnetized. The, t- oh. the top is magnetized, so 
boom. And then you're laying in bed and you're like. <laughs> Spilling everywhere. Uh, trying to drink it. Put that back. <laughs> So yeah, she um, yeah a glass of water. Besides the that that's so thirty years ago. Yeah, I'll just have a yeah, glass of water. A glass of water. Glass what of kind water? of pervert just puts a glass of water <laughs> next to his bed? Well, Seven Vinny says it looks like you're going to oil up a bunch of F one fifties with that beast. It's true. That's true. So uh, yeah, got my new. You guys will see it on the stream. You can watch us on YouTube at Ben and Woods. Uh, but yeah, so what do you guys want to talk about? here? Well, I mean, we've talked a ton of Otani. I feel like Mike Schilt's first uh, order of business, which he said was, "We need to compete for division titles." You know, none of this wild card stuff. Yeah, I saw a <laughs> Takes number, a little bit of a hit. Saw a number of pieces. Well, all of a sudden, the Padres are simply in the wild card race again. It, basically, handing the division title over to the Dodgers before. 2024 even starts. I can do you. I can do you better than that one. Seems a little early, but... Did you see Hacksaw's tweet over the weekend? No. You didn't. I don't follow Hacksaw. I've told you that. I don't either. Well, Pilates. <laughs> I, I don't either. But how did you miss this? He just said he doesn't follow him. I don't either, but I saw it. It was everywhere. He said, like I said on KUSI this morning... If Dodgers get Otani after Padres dealt away Soto, the Padres season is over before it ever started. Season is over. Just like the Dodgers season was over when they did not do anything to replace Trey Turner and the Padres got Xander Bogarts, season was over last year. Except they finished 18 games ahead of the Padres at the end of the year. I don't think... you got to play the games. It's what Oral Hershiser and Joe Kelly taught us at the beginning of last year after we lost the first game. That's why you play the games, cancel the parade. This is absolutely no guarantee that the Dodgers will advance further than the San Diego Padres in the postseason. Is it going to help them win the regular season? Yeah. Do they usually win the regular season? Yeah. But to say that the season is over. Cancel the parade. That's why you play the games. I would like to play that slap fight game with both of them. Um, You don't. You absolutely. Like the Diamondbacks. No, everyone had them for dead. The Orioles. Everyone had them for dead. The Texas Rangers. Nobody really had them winning a World Series. It's important, Lee. And you know this. Lee, you've been covering sports for 50 years. Maybe more. You know damn well this means nothing other than they got a really good hitter in their lineup. They added one piece, and in it's not the NBA. It's not, shoot, it's not even the NFL with a quarterback. Um, it's it's such a different animal, and you know that. You know that. The season is far from over. It's far from over. Um, there's still plenty to be excited about. There's still plenty of good players. I... I, I do I think we'll win the West if you ask me today? No, I don't think we'll win the West. Do I think we'll win the West if we added four more top free agents? Probably not. They they are really good at winning the West. It's what they do best. And if you if that was the ultimate prize, they'd be the best team in baseball in baseball history because nobody wins the West like the LA Dodgers. But I think this season, this past season, the format has shown you Get in the dance and let the chips fall where they may. We didn't make the dance last year. I feel like had we made the dance last year, we could have made some noise. Easy for me to sit here and say that today, but I did feel that was the plan. We're going to build this team for October. The season's not over. Don't think that. And it's not because I need you to listen to our show. It's because that's a dumb take. 
It's baseball. There's 162 of those bad boys to go. You don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't know who's going to rebound, bounce back. You don't know who's the bright light's going to be too big. It happens all the time. You know enough about this game, Lee, to know that that's not a tweet you should send. I never was like last year. I was never like, oh, yeah, the Padres have got this in the bag now this year. Never felt that way. I mean, I was optimistic and confident that they would challenge the Dodgers at least going into the season. But it was it was never in my mind that the Padres should win the West going away last season. We did say, I mean, we did say, and I can remember saying it a hundred times, and I'll absolutely stand on top of it with both feet. We said all the time, if you're going to win the West, this is a good year to do it with what seems like a scale back from the Dodgers. Correct. Going out and getting Hayward and some of the other guys they got, you just kind of you went – you went, bro, you just let Turner go. I mean, to their credit, I, I said it too, and I stand by this. Last year's regular season was the best managing Dave Roberts has ever done, ever, in his entire tenure. Uh, he had to really, really find a way to finagle innings from young pitchers, guys that were ineffective, guys that were hurt. But that means nothing, man. None of that means a thing. Lee, you know better. You know better. You're smarter than that. You know, the season is not over, Padres fans. It's not. And I promise you, the players, Manny and Fernando and Xander and those guys, they don't think the season's over either. Trust me. They don't. Joe, you, they're ready to compete. I'm not saying they'll win the West. I'm not that dumb. But they have absolutely a chance to be there at the end. If you want to chime in, or as Lee would say, sound off with us, 833-288-0973. You can call and talk about uh, Otani and the Padres uh, here on 97.3 The Fan. I did want to bring up the Patrick Mahomes meltdown at the end of the Chiefs-Bills game yesterday. I think most people saw it. Uh, Bills kick a field goal. They go up 20-17. to Chiefs driving down either for a, a field goal or maybe a touchdown to win. And they pull off what was really one of the coolest plays you'll ever see and give Travis Kelsey the lion's share of the credit. Patrick Mahomes hits him around, what, like the 30-yard line. He's running forward. This was not, I don't believe, a design play. He simply saw Kadarius Toney to his left without anybody around him and turned and fired a lateral pass across the field. Perfect throw. And Tony it was not like takes a designed hook and ladder. No, no, this was <laughs> impromptu. This was just genius impromptu football by Travis Kelsey that led to one of the coolest touchdowns you'll ever see. That would have given the Chiefs a at least a probably a four point lead with like a minute to go in that game against the Bills. Now the Bills might have gone down and scored. We don't know. Of course, it never happened because the play was called back on an offsides penalty on Tony, who was lined up in the neutral zone on offense. A very rare call, but certainly at least a couple of times, to start the play. And when you went and saw the replays, there really wasn't much doubt that he was lined up offside. No, there was no doubt. The reason why was practically playing defensive tackle. He really was. The, re- the reason why I'm a little less... I, almost everybody has lit up Patrick Mahomes for losing his mind and melting down after the game. He's screaming at the refs. He's even sour grapes in it with... Josh, Josh Allen and the handshake <laughs> at the middle of the field. Andy Reid called it embarrassing. I, I will point out two things, and I don't know how much of this is true or not, but Reid pointed it out that 
on offensive offsides. He says, for the most part, the ref will just tell the player to move back a little bit, and if it doesn't happen, they'll usually give a warning like, hey, just make sure your guy's lined up, and they don't always throw that flag. There is some discretion. Tip the coach off in case he needs to call a timeout. Yeah, there is some discretion usually applied to that call because it is sometimes difficult to ascertain, you know, exactly lined up straight along the line, I guess. And so, well, I mean, that's the way the officials have generally called it. What I am less, though, concerned about, because it was a penalty, um, I thought that Patrick Mahomes at least was very consistent because the week before... The Chiefs were the victim of a horrendous non-call, one of the worst non-pass interference calls you're ever going to see. And Patrick Mahomes, after the game, did not shed one tear about it and actually said, I actually respect that. I think the game should be decided by the players and not by meaning, you know, not by flags that, that is the consistent. officials are yep. deciding the game at the end. So I'm not going to be mad about that. We didn't make the play. Yeah, it was probably pass interference, but we got to go out and make the play to win the game. So when... A play the next week happens, and his player, his teammate, undoubtedly makes an incredible play to essentially maybe win the game, and it gets called back on a penalty that did not really impact the play at all, a guy lining up a little bit in front of where he should have. I can see why, at least for consistency's sake, he is being true to what he said the week before. I want the game decided by players on the field, not yellow hankies that are thrown in circumstances that don't really affect what's going on. And I, I saw the picture, and he, I mean, he probably is, I mean, barely off, barely off sides, but for him to, to mm-hmm. take the game into his hands over a, a call like that that doesn't affect the play at all, at all, didn't affect anything, um, I mean, it's just tough, man. And like I said, man, that's a Hall of Fame tight end making a Hall of Fame play that won't be shown because we threw a flag on for an offensive offsides. And so it takes away from not only this game and this season, but from – a legendary career that Travis has had, and I mean that hurts me because I know how, how, how hard he works for it. No, you're fine. He's a little worked up. I, I, I totally get that. He's gonna get, yeah, yeah, settle, settle He's a little worked up. Did did the Chiefs pretty much do what they had to do? Do the Bills know that they got away with one there at the end because they didn't do anything to cause him to be offsides? Nope. They didn't make the play they needed to make to stop the Chiefs on a critical situation. The Bills know deep in their hearts they got lucky. They got away with one. Because that guy lined up a little bit too... They didn't do anything to win that game at the end. The Chiefs just handed it to them on a silver platter. They got a little lucky there at the end. If they met in the playoffs, I would imagine another good game would would take place. Yeah, you're such a literal person. This is why it surprises me. I am, I am. But I also believe that officiating is not about enforcing the rule book to the letter every single time. If if NBA officials enforced the rule book to the letter every single time, there'd be a foul on every trip down the court. If NFL officials enforced the rule book on every single play, there would be a flag on every single play. There'd be holding on every single play, and we wouldn't watch the sport anymore. It's the job of officials to try to create a level playing field and get the right outcome, hopefully, at the end of the game. Agreed, but that said... When it's so glaring, it don't you have to throw the flag? It's not a – the job of the official isn't to – I mean, did they have another option? Could he have said something to Andy Reid like, get your guy back or I'm going to throw a flag or do something? Was there another option but other they, so than, the than throwing that, that flag? Just furious well, with yeah, Buffalo beat. Dude, of course, because it's so egregious. It's, just, it's not 
That make no mistake. I mean, the that's e- not a ticky The Eagles call. early in the season got away with I don't know four hundred false starts. They still their do. left tackle jumps early they every single still time. Does. Do we want to see four hundred false start flags every well, single game? I don't know. They're basically every time I watch them play, it's Lane Johnson, and he he every time he's a, he's a beat ahead, and they're like at this point. They're just giving everybody an extra beat. They give everybody an extra beat with the clock. The clock strikes Which zero, I don't mind either. and you still get that kind I don't of mind extra either. Beat. I'd rather see the play run. When they snap the ball with one half a second after right. the zero, I'd rather see the play than see a flag the, and five yards whistle, yeah. and stop a long time it's a better. I, they're making it a better game by doing that. I don't remember if it was Richard Sherman or Darrell Rivas, but one of them did an interview, and they said, I'll even tell the refs, I'm going to hold on every single play because I know you're not going to throw a flag on every, every single, single play. play. And that's kind of the way it works. It's uh it to that one to me when they show the, the when they show him and you're like but again uh, that, now, so now the ref who threw the flag didn't know that it was going to be an epic uh, right. you know game changing season changing play potentially <laughs> that was coming back he saw a guy offsides he threw the flag. I can't I, I can't blame that necessarily. I was a little either. surprised they don't blow the whistle and blow the play dead as soon as the ball is snapped. That, that's actually a good point. Like, they do that on false starts. What's the starts. point of running a play if, you're if gonna... you know it's coming back? That's why on a false start, they stop it. They blow the whistle. It's five yards. Now, if the offense gets the defense to jump, they'll give them the free play. Well, it, it also goes back to the warning, right? It's the warning. Uh, I got called for a balk one time, and I wasn't warned, and I was livid. I balked, but I was like, you didn't warn me. And he's like, it's not my job to warn you. You need to not balk. That's your job. I'm like, but I've always gotten a warning from Little League on. Hey, make sure you make sure you pause, right? Like You hear that all the time. You try to quick pitch somebody, and they're come like, set. come set. Yeah, come set. Hey, bro, just come set. I'm not going to bang you for it this time. He banged me for it. The first one, and I'm like, what are you, out of your mind? <laughs> yeah, I, I balked. It was me. I balked. But I thought Ryan Phillips. Woods uh, was out there. I didn't balk. I, I did not balk. <laughs> That's terrible. set. Terrible. Um, Ryan Phillips had a good tweet about it last night. I wonder if his night. dad really did sound like that, too, when he <laughs> No. Have you not, he heard, have like you not heard his dad talk? doesn't sound oh at all like God, that. God, he's amazing. <laughs> he's incredible. I don't know where it came from. But Ryan uh, Phillips, our buddy, tweeted last night. He goes, seriously, the Chiefs receivers have cost this team multiple games this season. Drops, penalties, fumbles, stupid decisions. It's insane. With one good receiver, Casey is the number one seed. 1,000%. At the end of the day, you can yell at the refs. Bro, you have lined up, Tony, for how many snaps in your career? In your life? What, 2,000? Put your foot on the line. It's such an easy... Oh, crap, I'm a little bit over. All right, now I'm good. We're talking a game of inches here. It's the attention to detail that murdered that team. You can't be uh, mad they threw a flag on a play. That was so egregiously and, a and that, That's 100% true, what Ryan said. The Chiefs have self-inflicted their way oh, back to the pack and cost themselves them. likely the number one seat, making a playoff run much more difficult. Now, there's no one else in the AFC that I totally trust. When you say, well, this isn't the Chiefs' year, they're not going to go back to the Super Bowl. All right, who is? Ravens? I don't know. I mean, they barely got by the Rams at home yesterday. Dolphins? Yeah, I like the Dolphins. They lost to the Chiefs already in London earlier this year. So well, it's shaping up. This is what we want. You're I mean, it's going to be me. wide open in the AFC, but wide open means it could also still be the Chiefs that make <laughs> yeah. it out to the World Se- or to the Super Bowl uh, this so year. He's going to uh, Mahomes most likely going to have to play a 
playoff game on the road for the first time ever. Yeah, almost certainly. Well, unless they lose the first one at home and then Super they Bowl, but, yeah. exactly. Count Super Bowl's neutral site. He's never had to play a playoff game. They got the, the Broncos road. on their in their rearview mirror now. The the once one in five Broncos are now breathing down the necks. A game behind the Chiefs, I believe, at this point after they beat the Chargers yesterday. So, uh, if you have a thought on that, you can join us eight three three two eight eight zero ninety seven three. I want to talk about what do the Padres yeah. need to do next. Also, I want to find out. It's got to be something here. It, uh, yeah, but it can't be reactionary. You can't go and overpay because you know Shohei Otani is a seven hundred million dollar man. You're not going to be able to play in that arena. That's fine. How do you make this team better and you know go out and, and at least put a playoff team on the field next year? This hour of Ben Woods brought to you by Smart and Final. This holiday season, shop groceries and baking needs in one trip, and that's it at Smart and Final. And we're back after Vicky's traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Topic right above you, Woodsy, on MLB Network is what should teams that lost out in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes do next? And uh, Padres weren't mentioned because no one considers them having lost out on the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. But saw they uh, popped up, what should the Giants do next? And all of a sudden some B-roll of Jung-Hoo Lee comes up. So clearly uh, baseball media is now pushing the Jung Hu Lee to the Giants narrative. Is that how we're always going to feel? And um, thus, you know, creating, I'm sure, doing Scott Boris's bidding here and creating uh, more of a market, uh, more desperation from teams that need an outfielder to try to sign his client. Uh, you know, Scott Boris does a good job of that. And no doubt he is uh, reveling in any talk that has Jung Ho Lee going to multiple suitors at this point. Because we know the Padres are definitely reportedly interested in the Korean outfielder to fill one of those two gaping slots in their outfield right now. God, we haven't brought up gaping holes in a while because. So I said slots. I, I That's felt fine. like you'd make fun if I said gaping holes. No, because we did. Remember last year 
we actually asked A.J. Preller about gaping holes at spring training. It was either last year or the year before. Two years ago. Two years ago. I didn't give Jerickson and Profar much credit for being a starting everyday outfielder for the San Diego Pontiacs. Yeah, and I think you actually said in the interview something to the effect of, is this how you're going to address these gaping holes? And then I remember Padres CEO Eric Gruppner throughout the season tweeting very, very vociferously about one Jerkson profile when he would do something good. I almost felt like it was a shot at you because you had called it a gaping hole and uh and they you know he filled in in left field pretty admirably. Um so we will see. Maybe Jerkson Profar is uh somebody that is on the Padres radar. I don't know. I don't know, but the depth of this team still if anyone goes down to injury, Ben, it's very lean right now. Very, very lean. Well, you can't address depth until you've you have addressed a starter. start, <laughs> if that's a word. Start. <laughs> you got to address start before the, you address depth. So the start is bad and the depth <laughs> he doesn't, is bad. It doesn't make any sense to have a lot of depth behind no start. It's true. Depth like is cheaper. Word. Depth is cheaper than start. It is cheaper, and you can get depth without having starts. I mean, you can be very happy about the long options on your bench, but when you look out there and you only have one outfielder to start the game, those long options on the bench all of a sudden are Become your starters, <laughs> and now your bench that you were so proud of has been depleted by the fact that you're using them to start the game. Yeah, they, they go from depth to start very, very quickly. I love that you made up a new word today, start. Yeah, we need we, – there's some, there's some issues at start for the uh, San Diego Padres. I mean, you can sort of go backwards, and if you have an idea, you can sure. build your depth and then, you know, target the guys that you expect to be starting. But if you never address the guys who are starting, you're not actually building depth at all. Yeah, and I'm not saying you never address them, but at some point, you know, you do – there's a roster that needs to be filled out. There's, there's some holes It's a good point, it. though. What was the, it was the biggest problem for the Padres last year was I, the I would, lack of depth. I'd say the, the runners in scoring position early in the season, the lack of success in one-run games early in the season – and then the the sheer of depth where you just could not give anyone a blow. No one could get a breather. You had to be in the lineup every day. There was no question about it. Losing too many games to give a guy a day off. Didn't have anybody to step in and fill uh, the roles. I Again, I don't want to sit here and... AJ, if he heard those shows when he signed Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz, if he listened to those shows, and I know... He doesn't, but somebody does for him and lets him know things that we say. I'm I'm positive of that. We were all for it. In our minds, it all made sense. Nelson Cruz coming off of this, oh, he's got this eye surgery. He's going to be great. I can see. Finally, a million okay, bucks. A million bucks. No big deal. Matt Carpenter, ooh, that's a little pricier for him, but you need, you need a lefty bat with some pop in Look it. Look how he finished in New Look York. Look how he finished. Okay, yeah, hell yeah. You, you platoon them. Those guys were horrific. They were horrific. And did nothing for well, you. I mean, and even if they had been decent offensively, they also didn't contribute to any of that depth Correct. because you couldn't use them couldn't anywhere use else. Them anywhere you still, else. even if the, uh, it doesn't get brought up enough, even had Nelson Cruz and Matt Carpenter both had decent seasons, sure, the Potters would have won more games. It would have helped to have that kind of offensive designated hitter. Bob Melvin's hands would have still been tied, though, in terms of. You know, giving guys days off, you wouldn't have had the option to put them at even at DH because, well, 
there's we have our DHs. Who was going to back up Manny? Who was going to back up Tatis and Soto? They were still all going to have to play virtually every day, which they all did until Manny got hurt late in the season and you know started DHing. But had they been successful at DH, then you would have been taking out one of your successful players from the lineup just to put Manny in there. It was never really a, a well thought out plan entirely to begin with. Yeah, I mean, it boiled down, too, to execution. They didn't execute at all, and and like you said, it's a good point you make. Even if they had executed better, you were still kind of behind the eight ball because of, of the guys that you brought in. And one of those guys is still here in, in Matt Carpenter, and he's making almost $6 million. you got to find out if he brings anything to the table at all uh, this season. So, Lot to uh, lot to be nervous about, certainly if you're a Padres fan. All right, you got some thoughts? You can join us next eight three three two eight eight zero ninety seven three. Promise we will get to some of the tier one phone calls. I know you've been calling in, and I have been uh, not going to the phones yet, but we'll give you that opportunity coming up next year. Don't go away. More Ben and Woods next on San Diego's number one sports station ninety seven three. The fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We will, um, as Padres fans, learn more about Michael King, and we'll learn more about Johnny Brito as the uh, time goes on, and um, Vasquez, the pitchers that the Padres acquired from the Yankees, but I am already a giant Kyle Higashioka fan. Oh, me too. And it's not just because he shreds on guitar. That's why I am. It's also because the Padres seem to have a steal, because backup catchers have gotten ridiculously expensive this offseason. And I, I point my argument number one this uh, weekend comes from the Cleveland Guardians signing one Austin Hedges to a $4 million guaranteed contract. That's unreal to me. To hit like 070 for them next season. Here's the funny thing about that. When I saw that come through, I went, you you guys had him. You, 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 you saw it. You, so maybe his, you know, the is a cheerleader and a, a, a good catcher 
worth that much. And I, and and I, like he's a good catcher. And he he's went not, to the uh, Astros, right? Rangers, Rangers, yeah, and won then, the World yeah, Series, went, won the World Series, and then from, came from the Guardians. Now he's going back to the Guardians. Yeah, they'd seen him before. They know what he brings offensively, which is less than nothing. And they still said, "Yeah, we got we got four million to spend. We want to spend it on hedging." Now he may be a freaking manager uh, in training. You know what I mean? Like catchers grooming the next young baseball manager in the next ten years, the next coach, the next. Maybe they have a young catcher they want him to crash Davis it for. You have no idea. But four million bucks is is a lot of dough when we got Kyle Gashioka for two point two. Yeah, think, was, and um, and while he's not going to be a you know an all star behind the plate, he's going to give you. Solid work yep. behind the dish. Hitch years, 10 home runs in his, you know, 70 games or whatever you need for a backup catcher. But I say, I love the person the Padres are getting. He posted, um, on his, I think, Instagram feed over the weekend, uh, just such a great message to Yankees fans as he left. He wrote, as I reflect on my 16 seasons with the Yankees organization, 16, I had no idea, came into the organization as a 17 year old. I have nothing but gratitude to express to the fans, my teammates, the organization, the Steinbrenner family for the many incredible moments we've all shared during my time in pinstripes. From the day I was drafted to sharing a spring training clubhouse with Hall of Fame players as a 19-year-old kid to finally making my Major League debut after 10 years in the minor leagues to taking an eternity to get my first hit to having a three-homer game, catching a no-hitter in a perfect game, watching Judge hit 62 and Cole win the Cy Young. I've made so many memories and formed so many relationships with this organization that I I am so grateful for. Thank you to my teammates for being like brothers to me and always pushing me to be the best player I can be. Thank you to the organization and the Steinbrenner family for the opportunities given to me that have allowed me to become a major league ball player. And thank you to the fans for always making me feel at home and loved in New York. It blew my mind every time I would see a 66 jersey in the wild. There aren't many of them, but the fact that anyone would spend their hard-earned money just to support me is crazy to think about. Without all you fans, we wouldn't be getting paid to play a game for a living. So thank you again. Now... I'm incredibly excited to start this new chapter in my career as a San Diego Padre, getting to know a new group of guys and working towards bringing a world championship to San Diego. Kyle Higashioka. Yeah, excited to meet him, too. And, and um, you know, I loved him shredding the Trooper by Iron Maiden. That that gives you a lot of points in my book. I mean, that was genuine. That was like that wasn't a PR no, person writing that. Yeah. That was genuine. You can just tell. The way he wrote that. I love that. Yeah, I liked it too. But again, I'm not going to, you know, he, he's a backup catcher. Um, I'm excited about it too, though. I am. Uh, seems like the kind of guy that you could develop a relationship. Seems like the kind of guy that gets it. You know, those are always good for radio, certainly. But how much will he help the Padres on the field? I don't know. A lot. I mean, he's got he's got some skins on the wall and, you know, knows how to catch and, and knows how to call a game. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's great. I, I mean, he, I mean he, he'll probably help some. Yeah. I, that's not what I'm excited about, right. though. Baseball is... Yes, it's about winning and getting to the playoffs and winning a World Series. But remember, it's also a sport where you're six months and then spring training where you're following a team. It's good to have guys you like yeah. and can support and root for, even if they're not always the best players. We love the Brian O'Grady's 100%. of the world and the, the Matt Stroms and, and the guys who are not the top five player on the roster. They're, they're important, too, and what kind of make you love the game at the same time. No question about it. And no it feels like it. you know Kyle Higashioka will probably be the number, you know, twenty three guy on, on a Padres twenty six man roster, but it's someone you can feel good about. It seems like having on your team. Yeah, and people asking, you know, does that mean we're out on Sanchez? I I, I would guess my answer would be yes, you know, but 
making Campy the full-time starter, and I think A.J. Preller did allude to that. He that, did. That, that, that he's, he's our guy moving forward. He's great. I'm excited about that. Um, you know, with with Luis Camposano, is you need to he needs to be on the field. You know, and and that's been the only real bugaboo in his game is staying on the field. So if he can do that, man, I, I like where I feel a lot more solid at that position than I did you know three weeks ago. And the fact that they're not spending four million dollars on someone like Austin Hedges has got to be a, a good thing for roster flexibility yeah. the rest of this offseason. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you're still going to want more depth at that position because you always need it. I guess that's where Brett Sullivan comes in. Uh, a couple other guys down in the minors. I don't think Ethan Salas is a name you need to get that excited about for this season. Uh, but, you know, he's certainly there lurking, waiting in the wings um, for in, in a couple of years. So feel decent about that position. You feel decent about the guys that they've got, you know, locked down and <clears throat> there's still there's still so many unknowns with this squad. Um, it will be really, really telling and interesting to see how AJ fills uh, some of these holes. Team unnecessary adrenaline rush did it again on Saturday night. We'll get to that coming up after a check of traffic on ninety seven. Heart attack the fan. kids. I think it's a fair statement to say I'm the uh, biggest basketball fan of the three of us. Very fair. And as a basketball fan, I love buzzer beaters. They're like. Incredible. One of the best things in sports, when you got a shot in the air as the horn sounds, and it goes through the basket, and it changes a loss to a win, like San Diego State did in the Final Four last year. Very few things in sports. Walk-off home run. They're amazing. Buzzer beater in basketball. Absolutely incredible. The the difference between being down one or two and hitting the game winner, as opposed to being tied and taking the game winning shot, knowing... At least we got overtime yeah. if we missed. Yeah, it's but way like, different. Like the final four, or to be down one and then hit the go-ahead, it's unbelievable. So from that perspective, there's no better team in college basketball than San Diego State. Because if you go back just in their last, oh, I don't know, 25 games, they have like six <laughs> buzzer-beating, game-saving baskets. Basketball. Yes, LFG, SDSU. <laughs> is what it really is turning into, these absolute, pull-it-out-of-the-fire, incredible wins. They already have, I mean, they're not all buzzer beaters this year, but they have like four of them that have come down to the last play of the game, overtimes, and it happened again on Saturday. Here's the problem. Most of these games should not be this close. Correct. Most of these games should be taken care of long before you get to buzzer beater the, stage. The two most recent ones, <laughs> the two most recent wins... Yes, are yeah. both of those games where it's like, man, I'm UCSD glad- and UC Irvine. It's like, man, I'm, I'm glad we got it done, but now, we should now, never Ir- be Irvine's there. Irvine's not not a bad team, and the Aztecs were playing without Jaden Levine. Sure, so I a was huge one. I was worried about that game seriously. When I they mean, climbed back and they were down four, still, I'm like, I think Jaden Levine doesn't have at least yeah. uh, four points yeah, by four now. Four points in him, exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, but when they got up by 16 in the se- early in the second half, and I go. This team is showing me something here. Without Ladie, they've taken a a Big West favorite, top 75 net team in the country, and they're taking them to the woodshed here at Viejas Arena. This is incredible. And then once again, let's see if we can go 12 minutes without scoring and still win (laughs) team shows up in the second half. It's it's mind-boggling how they play these games. I thought this one was a toast. I They were down five. They looked like they had no life or hope left in this game. They couldn't get a rebound with Ladie not out there. Couldn't get a rebound to save their lives. I'm going, they're going to lose this game at home to UC Irvine. The Anteaters are going to get them at Viejas Arena. Going to be one of the uglier losses of the last couple of seasons. And wouldn't you know, 
Darian Trammell hits a three. Irvine misses a couple of free throws. They actually get a huge rebound. Jay Powell gets the huge rebound, finds Micah Parrish, lays it in with 10 seconds left. Not a buzzer beater, but gets the basket and the foul. Aztecs hold on and win by one, 63-62. The, the missed two missed free throws yep. as well. So I was I had just finished the Seals game. And I walked out to my car, and Ben texted me. He's like, nice win. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, put on the Aztecs game right now. So I did, and I listened to the last, what, I think right when I turned it on, they were down five. And I was the like. The last minute of play, which takes, you know, eight minutes yeah. to actually get through, it was unbelievable. They were down five, and I go, and when he, when he got called to the line, uh, who was the guy from UC, uh, who was it? There, uh Darren, their their little point guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point guard. he was all over the place. So he bricks two free throws, and I'm like, oh, after he, he had just banked in a three, yeah, like, yeah. to seemingly ice the win. I'm like, you got you got a shot now. And I was listening to the great Uncle Teddy uh, walk me through it. Uncle Teddy was phenomenal, kept me uh, informed every step of the way. And sure enough, man, able to pull that one out. The three he said, the three he said, and I didn't see it. He said it was basically a line drive. He said there was <laughs> yes. no arc to it at all. It went straight to the basket and nothing but net. He goes, there was not one bit of arc on that basketball. I did not think that was going in, and it did. Uh, again, we talked about Ben after the the bad loss to to Grand Canyon, finding ways to win, sharp, getting sharp, overcoming some obstacles, things like that. That's that's. That's testing. You're test being tested, and you're passing most of these tests. Yeah, I mean, they the Aztecs could be five and five. They could be four and Darren six. Right. Was the guy yeah, Saron. Um, they could be four and six this year, yeah. but they're actually eight and two. Yeah. And they're eight and two against one of the toughest schedules in the country. That's that's actually fantastic to go eight and two against the kind of schedule that San Diego State has played through ten games. Is is not just oh, it's okay. They've they've gotten through it. It's actually fantastic to be eight and two against that kind of schedule. No it's doubt. just the way they've gotten there has left you with some question marks and some worries going forward. Is it sustainable? There's that question again. Baseball writers think the what are Aztecs. You, ben Rosenthal says <laughs> <laughs> it's sustainable what they're doing. They're going to have to put teams away. You can't rely on buzzer beaters every single game. You're going to get burned in the long run if you do that, and they will. San Diego so, State survived against Washington, who beat Gonzaga. Gonzaga. They yep. did, and uh, Long Beach State, who, who beat just beat USC, USC with with Bronny James in the lineup on Sunday, and LeBron in the house. Uh, that was probably cool for Long Beach State. Shout out to USD. Ben, who beat Arizona State. Biggest uh, win for weekend. Steve Lavin in his two seasons in front of over a thousand people at the Jenny Craig Pavilion. Basketball on, school. Yeah. Um, basketball it, it was a good week. It was a good weekend for basketball, certainly here in America's finest city. Now the Aztecs go into their finals break. So no games until well, they got St. Catherine right before Christmas, which is just a doesn't even basically count kind of game, yeah. NAIA opponent. Um and then after Christmas, you've got two huge games. Stanford at home. And then at Gonzaga. Now, I don't have it in the Rhino Report, so since we're talking basketball, the in-season tournament concluded over the weekend. Lakers won on Saturday night in Vegas. Talked about it on Friday. I It didn't do a whole lot for me, the in-season tournament. The players all seemed to like it. Uh, and I saw that the ratings went up for casuals that aren't probably paying attention much in November. So I think it was a success for the NBA. I don't know that we needed the uh, champagne goggle celebration like they just won the NBA Finals. That that seemed weird to me. Are we doing celebration? Uh, pro- you yeah. must you must have a huge problem with it, Ben. 
That was you don't even like when bizarre. they celebrate after winning a division. Division. I, or... I wasn't a big fan of it. I mean, the hat. I thought the hats were fine. You know, put on your championship hat after the. No champagne though. I wouldn't have done champagne. First one for the you won the first it's the first one I mean and maybe in like twenty years this will mean a lot like the the in season tournament title will be a, like a really important thing like an it's automatic hard, it's hard to say to the, it is right now in the first one it doesn't it didn't mean anything but did, when the team won the first AFL NFL championship game before it was even called the Super Bowl d- did they know that it was such a big deal like we're the first Super Bowl winner and this is going to be something huge or was it like that's cool. We beat another good team, and I guess we, you know, we won a title. I, I don't know. It's it's hard when it's the first one to understand how big it is and how important it is. I don't really have a problem with celebrating. I don't. I mean, you, do you hang a banner for that? No, yeah, I saw. I saw Lakers, something like the Lakers don't hang banners for anything other than <laughs> World Championships and re- Hall of Fame retired numbers. Because of how top heavy their roster is uh, with contracts, I saw that more than half of the team is making less than four million dollars. So five hundred thousand dollar bonus. Yeah, that's significant for a lot of those guys, yeah. and I think that's great. Not for LeBron, but, but for the other guys for sure. I mean, it didn't doesn't give you an automatic ticket to the playoffs. Yeah, no, it just doesn't really I mean, mean anything. It, it was just it was just I was like, really, we're like this looks like an NBA final celebration. In yeah, it did look pretty December pretty finally eighth or whatever it was. It's weird because it's um they went seven and zero in the tournament yeah. and dominated. I mean, they they blew the doors off the teams in those tournament games. They're eight and nine in all their other games. <laughs> And have been not that good in the non-tournament games. Now, luckily, the tournament games do count, except for the one on Saturday. The rest of them all counted in the regular season standings. The Lakers are in first place. Can they bring that, though, in these non-tournament games going forward? What kind of team are they actually, now that this NBA in-season tournament is over, they're going to need to play like it's like, like, hey, Darvin Ham may need to tell these guys, pretend you're in the in, in this tournament because you guys play a lot better when you think you're in the tournament than when you think it's just some dumb regular season game that doesn't mean anything. You've been pretty terrible this year. So we'll see what happens. I think they play tomorrow night at Dallas. Uh, jump right in with a tough road game following the tournament tomorrow. But, yeah, I, was, um, I had the NBA game on on the TV. And then I had the Seals game on my phone. And then I put the Seals game on the TV and the Aztecs game on my phone. And was juggling all my sports watching on Saturday night because it was uh, it was fairly busy. I'm glad there wasn't any college football, really, on Saturday other than uh, I didn't watch any Army-Navy early. I had it on in the house yeah. and, and missed a lot of it because of the, the Otani stuff. Uh, but it was, you know, it was, it was an Army-Navy game. Uh, Navy won, yeah. Uh, Army, Army won. won. Army won. But you were close. I thought I had Navy. I was very, 50-50. I took a shot. Very close. <laughs> took a shot. Um, but, yeah, Wrong. so I, I watched a ton of basketball and did enjoy that Seals game, I must oh, say. God, it was electric. Uh, let's see. Soccer's won on Saturday night on the road. And congratulations to the PLNU Sea Lions women's soccer team who won the National Division II Soccer Championship. First national title in any sport in Point Loma Nazarene history. Very cool. Uh, to win the title, they won one nothing uh, on Saturday. So bring a championship. We always say bring championships to San Diego. Well, PLNU actually did it they this did it. weekend. I know we'd rather have a World Series title, but I'm not going to diminish what the Sea Lions were able to do. Plan I mean, the parade. If the Seals win a title, it will it will mean almost as much to me. That's how much I love them. All right, Paulie's got some other headlines coming up in the Rindle Report. Final hour of Ben and Woods is next on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 